welcome to the Divorce Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Carolee Fontanelli, and I am a divorce lawyer and author and have been through divorce myself. I'm here to support you throughout your breakup journey. On this podcast, I will share with you my secrets and legal tips on how you can thrive through your separation in small six-minute increments. Don't do it alone. I have got you. Hi, everyone. It's Danielle Young, Senior Associate at Collective Family Law Group here again. i briefly talk to you about a common myth and a common question that we get as family lawyers in parenting matters. At what age can my child decide when they spend time with the other parent? My immediate response to that is they can't. There is no age. There's no age drawn in the sand. They're children until they're 18. I go on to qualify that advice by telling my clients that even though children are meant to be children until they're 18, there are avenues in the Family Law Act that set out what considerations us as lawyers have to have and judges have to have when determining parenting matters. So the legislation governing parenting matters here in Australia is the Family Law Act 1975. It's got a whole array of considerations that need to be taken into account or should be taken into account when we determine what time children should be spending with each of their parents. Where the myth comes in, where people believe that children can make up their own mind at certain ages, comes in when we look at section 60cc subsection 3a. So from a legislation point, uh, we have how we determine children's best interests with their best interest being the paramount consideration of the court. Other considerations such as um, the benefit of child having meaningful relationships with both mum and dad, followed by the need to protect a child from physical or psychological harm, from being subject to or exposed to abuse, neglect or family violence. In applying those considerations in subsection 2, we will always give greater weight to protecting a child from harm. And subsection 3 has about 14 other considerations, additional considerations that we need to consider. 3A, Section 60CC, Subsection 3A is any views expressed by the child and any factors such as the child's maturity or level of understanding that the court thinks are relevant to the weight it should give a child's views. It clearly sets out that as children get older, the more weight that is put on their expressed wishes. When I'm running through this topic with my clients, I give the example from my own experience um, as a stepmom. It's good luck trying to tell a 16-year-old boy, for example, where he's got to be on a Friday night. So the court appreciates that they're probably going to have um, even less luck. When we're dealing with younger children and we have to consider any views expressed by a child that is not the only consideration. That's not the be-all and the end-all of a parenting matter. We really need to look at what's behind those wishes. We look at things like age. We look at their maturity. We look at things like exposure to conflict or other reasons why they might be expressing those wishes. And when we're dealing with families who have children in the family unit at set or different ages, it's important to also remember that the court can look at the children as a whole in relation to when they spend time or they can look at the children individually 
for example, a child who might be 16 or 15 versus a child who might only be um, 10 or 11. I really want to touch base finally um, about the importance of not interrogating children. So although this piece of legislation exists and there's this section in there or this part in there that says, you know, if we can just get the children to express their wishes, you know, that's a, that's a consideration for our case. It's really, really important that their kids, first and foremost, shouldn't be forced and the court won't force them to express their views. Where they are expressing those views, we've got to look more carefully and more thoroughly into that. One of the ways as family lawyers we address getting a child's wishes uh, before a judge if it's needed through the use of counsellors, psychologists, psychiatrists um, and family reports. There's also independent children's lawyers that can be appointed in matters and sometimes those independent children's lawyers will speak with the children directly. The use of family reports for not just when parties are already in litigation, so before the courts, but also it's a really good tool and a really good piece of information to have prior to going to court. If children are expressing wishes and, and the parties don't necessarily agree on how much weight should be put on those wishes, if any, one of the really good things is uh, to obtain a family report. I'm going to go into what a family report is and some tools and some tips and some information about family reports in a later podcast. So check back in for that one. But for today, I'm hoping that this gave everyone listening a bit more information on that myth that seems to be circulating in parenting matters. And hopefully the information gave you a bit more insight into that topic, how it's just one of the considerations uh, that we take into account when we determine future parenting arrangements. Thank you for listening to the Divorce Collective podcast brought to you by collectivefamilylaw.com.au. If you got value from this week's episode, I would love it if you would hit subscribe and take a minute to leave a review. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook just by searching for Collective Family Law. And remember, until next time, you have got this.